Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Draw Control Podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by two grad students on the Loyola Women's Lacrosse team, Riley and Logan Olmstead. Riley is coming back after being injured, and, and in her junior year, she was named Patriot League Defender of the Week and finished the season with 12 ground balls and nine cost turnovers. Logan last season had nine ground balls, one turnover, and a career-high 16 cost turnovers as she helped Loyola to another Patriot League championship. Uh, both players helped their high school to three section Class A championships as well. Uh, thank you so much, Logan and Riley, for coming on the podcast today. And how's everything going? Yeah, thanks for having yeah, thank us. Thank you. Um, well, yeah, it's been going great. Yeah. I mean, we love being back with all of our best friends, and it's just awesome to be back with coaches, uh, move into a new house, which is yeah. fun with all of our girls. So it's been it's been great being yeah. back. How was your guys' summer uh, this year? Did you guys do anything interesting, whether it was lacrosse-related or not? Yeah, so I obviously, like you said, I've been doing a lot of rehab this summer, um, which has been a grind, but it's great to be back. Um, I also am looking to go to med school, so I did some shadowing um, this summer at Mercy Hospital, so that was an incredible experience, um, and I just loved every minute of it, and yeah, just rehabbing and getting back to you know playing, and um, yeah, it was a great summer. Yeah, and um, every four years, our team does an international trip. So luckily, yeah. this summer it was one of those years. So the whole team, um, we went to Portugal and Spain together, which was so fun. Yeah. An international trip with your best friends. like There's nothing the, better. Yeah, it's the best time. So we ended up playing um, the Dutch national team, which was a lot of fun. And then we went to two like daycare schools, um, brought our sticks, gave some sticks away. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun to just spread the game and grow yeah. the game too. That's awesome. What part of Spain did you guys visit? I'm assuming Madrid. No, so we no. actually did Southern Spain. So we went to uh, Monte Gordo and Lisbon in Portugal. Portugal. And then we went to Ronda um, in Spain. Um, and fun fact, there's his name's Golden yeah. on the men's basketball team. He's from Ronda, yeah. which was like the craziest thing. We didn't realize yeah. he was from there. And then we had class with him the other day. He was asking about our trip and we're like, oh, we went to Ronda. And he was like, that's where that's I'm from. <laughs> and we were all like, yeah. what? So it was a great experience. You probably wish you guys known that before your trip so you could right? see it yeah. in his house. Exactly. That would be pretty cool. So now, obviously, outside of all the fun stuff you guys have been doing, what have you guys been hoping to work on uh, next season regarding training? Uh, Riley, I'll start with you. Yeah, obviously, personally, just getting back to, you know, good health and working on that has been a great challenge for me, both mentally and physically. Um, but, you know, it's a new year, so I'm kind of just trying to focus on that with all of the players and our coaches. Um, so really getting back into, you know, playing with the team. Um, you know, I think it's important that we always, you know, keep in mind where we are, where we our feet are. Um, so just focusing on the fall right now and, you know, building that relationship as a new team. Logan, how about you? Yeah. And to, I mean, to go off of that, I think coming off of such a successful year, you love to keep that in mind, but it's almost this time where we have to kind of put it on the back burner and realize this is a new year, a new team. Um, and we always have new expectations for ourselves, new standards. And I think it's just exciting to continue to build off, um, but also build new things for the future too. Now it's pretty crazy to believe that you guys are fifth year players on the team. So what type of leadership uh, do you guys want to bring towards the team? Uh, would you guys consider yourself vocal leaders or lead by example uh, type of leaders as well? Um, I guess, Logan, I'll start off with you. Yeah, I think a big privilege of coming back for your fifth year is you've had five different teams, which means you've had a variety of different captains, a variety of different examples of how to be a leader. And with those varying 
you know, examples. I think I've tried to, I think I'm most inclined to lead by example, but I think in learning from so many different captains and leaders around me, I think in watching them, I can find what qualities of theirs I can make my own. So I'm trying to kind of grow on my leadership skills, especially maybe being a little bit more vocal. Um, but I think the best part of being a fifth year, like I said, is taking what I've learned for the past five years yeah. and or four years and using it um, in my last year here. Yeah, I think for me, um, I always thought I was like a lead by example type of player and leader. Um, but especially last year, not being able to play, um, I think I was definitely a vocal leader and how, you know, I, for the most part, was pretty good at cheering everyone on and, you know, being that kind of constant source of good energy. Of course, there's highs and lows with that. But um, I definitely think, like Logan said, I'm still developing that leadership style. Um, but having so many great examples before us has just been, you know, such a privilege and an honor and, um, you know, figuring that out as the year comes. Now, when do you guys officially start like practicing as a team and what do you guys work on in the fall before the season begins? Yes, yeah, so we've already started practice, which has been so fun. Um, we just really build on, you know, the idea that we're a new team and, you know, get back to basics, all of those kind of things. Like I said, we always like to be where our feet are and just realize that, you know, you got to put a lot of work in now to be successful later on. Um, so yeah, back to basics. And yeah. there's, I mean, when you're doing that with the amazing and talented coaches we have, um, it's just so fun and, you know, you get better and you don't even realize it sometimes. Yeah. Um, and one motto kind of Jen set for this fall was the fall is where you learn and you build and you feed for the spring. Um, so knowing everything we're doing now is going to prepare us for eventual success in the spring, I think is something we always keep in our, um, in the back of our minds. And with every intention um, during practices and drills in the fall. But like Riley said, I think our main priority is just getting better in the fall, taking it one step at a time, and then yielding those results in the spring when it comes to it. Now, what are your team's goals and expectations for next season? Obviously, you guys had a really successful year last year. So how do you hope to, I guess, build off that? And do you have sort of any things you want to accomplish uh, as a team, but also individually as well? Yeah, I think always our goal is to do extremely, extremely well in Patriot League and to get that Patriot League championship title and then to go even further. I think we all are really hungry for getting past that um, Elite Eight, Elite yeah. Eight game um, that we've made it to, which has been awesome the past two years. I think that's one goal is to kind of make it past that hump and get into that final four and then eventually the national championship. Um, but again, I mean, our, our goals right now are just basically to grind through the fall and learn and build and, um, you know, get that chemistry so that we can eventually get those goals. And I think personally, I think to pick up where I left off, I felt really good coming off of last season. And I think to not want to strive for more and be hungry for more would be a disservice to myself and then all my teammates and um, our coaches. So I'm always hungry for more. I'm excited to learn you know, from all my teammates, even the new girls coming in, I think you can learn from everyone on the team. And I'm even within this, um, within our first couple of practices, I'm learning so much from everyone around me. So just continuing to be adaptable and taking everything in and soaking everything in. I mean, this is the last, it's crazy to say it's the <laughs> last year. So also just stepping back a lot and just yeah. enjoying the moment and embracing it and not, you know, getting too worried about, you know, the end, just taking it one day at a time. Yeah. 
And just for me, I mean, obviously the team goals, like Logan said, it was amazing. And, um, you know, realizing that this is our last year to play on this team. So just really making the most of it. And I've just had such a different perspective from last year. So really just taking it all in, enjoying the moment and just feeling so grateful that I get to play one more year here at Loyola. It's just the, it's just the best feeling in the world. So really taking that in and, you know, getting back on the field and, you know, playing how I use, even if it's different, but, you know, getting back on the field is really important to me, but just enjoying every moment with this team really is probably my main goal for the season. So let's transition now and talk about the beginning of your guys' lacrosse careers and sort of work all the way up to where you are today with uh, Loyola. So uh, from the research I did on yourself, uh, you guys are from painted post New York. So talk about growing up there and how did you both start playing? Yeah, it's a pretty small town in upstate New York, but it's heavy focus on lacrosse. (laughs) Um, Our dad grew up playing there. Our cousin Ainsley Baker played at Virginia, grew up playing there. Our brother who played at Loyola. Um, and a lot of different role models, I'd say, growing up for us, um, went on to play Division One lacrosse. But just having that family background of lacrosse um, was really important. I mean, we didn't even start playing lacrosse seriously until, like, middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, we were big soccer players, and we danced. So it was, like, not anything that was ever forced on us. But, um, I, I mean, it's, like, in our blood. So we, like, <laughs> definitely knew we wanted to do Division One lacrosse. Um and I think we had a lot of great high school teammates and um, Coach Scanlon, one of the best high school lacrosse coaches we've ever had. So, um, yeah, it was really, you know, a fun upbringing up there. And our family was just so amazing. And our parents really, you know, supported us all the time. So now growing up, guys, did you have like a favorite like team or player that you like watching the most? Uh, I guess, Logan, I'll ask you that question. So, yeah, I mean, our cousin Ainsley Baker, like we said, played at Virginia and she's couple years older and not going to age her in this podcast but um we were in kindergarten when she graduated and moved on to Virginia so watching her I think I mean you idolize your cousins anyway let alone when they go and play division one lacrosse which is also your dream so I mean definitely watching her we had two other cousins Jamie and Andy Hepton they played at Detroit Mercy and I know Aiden looked up to them a lot and I know it's the men's game but watching them achieve their highest, highest dream at the highest level is something, you know, we always looked up to and admired and knew that we wanted that for ourselves. And even Aiden, like whether it was in the backyard and what faking us out with every <laughs> fake pass and everything, yes, it got annoying, but watching him in high school and in his travel team and even eventually in college, because he's two years older than us, I think watching him again yeah. achieve his highest dream at the highest level was um a privilege yeah. because it's your brother and you're proud of him anyways but for it to be your best friend and to your for your role model to achieve those dreams too it's very inspiring and really put that motivation yeah in the forefront of our um goals and accomplishments as well um any good backyard stories with your brother I'm assuming he kind <laughs> yes, of pushed you guys actually, around actually, a lot. Now that you <laughs> so I'm, I'm the only righty between Aiden and Riley so whenever we do like shooting competitions it would always we called it lax it was like pig in the back for basketball um they would always gang up on me and it'd have to be a lefty but I won a few times (laughs) off on the lefty shot so I I mean I probably could have put in more work in my left hand (laughs) but to beat them more times but um I mean, yeah, we were always super competitive. Yeah. So there were all arguments were had. Yeah. Like there were always going to be little fights yeah. and people ganging up yeah. on each other. But. We also used to play goalie like when we were younger because no one else would. 
So he would make us get in the goal and <laughs> that was a scary sight, but and we would it's funny that we would tell him not to shoot sidearm because yeah. like as goalie you shouldn't be afraid of the ball, but we'd be like, you can't shoot sidearm. Like, or we're telling dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the youngest sibling, so I get that. And I played hockey. So you always get thrown in the net um, when you're the youngest, I feel like, but you know, it's all, it's all fun because I became a pretty good goalie. So um, even though I, even though I chose to be a, a forward at the end of the day, but you know, yeah. it's always, it's always fun to look back on that for sure. Everyone's got to go through their goalie phase. Yeah, a little bit. for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what does your dad sort of meant for you guys in your career? Cause you obviously played for Notre Dame and um, did he ever sort of like talk about that with you guys? I'm assuming you probably want to be humble about it, but I'm assuming you sort of nagged him and got a few stories out of him about his experience. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah. We have the funniest picture. Um, he kept his jerseys and like his, one of his sticks yeah. and like his box helmet. That was just like, like the old school, like an old school helmet. <laughs> when we were younger, we'd put on his jerseys and my dad, our dad's a very humble guy. I mean, he had a, an assist record yep. or the most assists in a game record for the, like the longest time but right we never knew about yeah. it until I think one of the Kavanaugh brothers yeah. broke it and my dad's like huh he's like and we we're like what he's like he just broke my record and we're like yes, <laughs> we had no idea we even had a record like that but um yeah I mean he, he was the prime example of you know putting in the work when no one's watching I think I mean, he was always stringing up the net in the backyard yeah. for us. He always made sure we had anything, and my mom really, yeah. anything we wanted to um, succeed, especially, you know, in the backyard. And he he would always say backyard lax is yeah. where where technique and, you know, those lacrosse, that lacrosse IQ is built. So just embracing that and playing with my dad in the backyard yeah. and all three of us playing and my mom even joining in, yeah. even though she played basketball in high school. <laughs> but I mean, she also was very influential. She pulled out the rule book yeah. and started learning the game just so that she could help us, you know, achieve what we wanted to with lacrosse. And I think just having so many role models in our life with lacrosse has just been, you know, the best thing for us in learning the game and, you know, wanting to pursue excellence in the game yeah. and to pursue this level of lacrosse. Yeah. Now, both before college, both of you guys played for Corning Painted Post High School. So yeah. uh, what was your high school lacrosse experience like? And what's like the best memory you have from those days? I guess, Riley, I'll start off with you. Yeah, um, I used to play MIDI back then. <laughs> so, um, I mean, we played high school lacrosse in eighth grade. Um, and that was kind of a crazy start experience, just being an eighth grader playing against seniors. Um, but like I said, we had great coaches. We had some great teammates. Um, and it just really showed us, I mean, it showed me, I'll say, I know it showed you too, but, um, you know, the hard work that goes into becoming a great lacrosse player, um, but also shows that, you know, when you get to college, it's such a different level. Um, but I look back and I just am so grateful for all of, you know, my lacrosse experiences and my, I guess my favorite memory, I would say, I mean, obviously winning sectional championships exciting, but we went to Massapequa on Long Island and played them over spring break and we won. Um, so that was just such a fun experience, you know, to play a Long Island team and beat them um, was just a huge accomplishment yeah. in our minds. So um, that's probably my favorite. Yeah, I was gonna say that was my, my favorite too. Um, yeah, but I mean, growing up in a town where lacrosse is huge and, um, you know, you start young, I think you have so many role models. We had Haley Lukifer who played at Virginia Tech. We had Mally Freisinger who won two national championships at the um, at UNC. UNC. So just then following in their footsteps, I mean, 
we did all of the high school summer yeah. camps <laughs> up until we were coaching them. Yep. And I think even just that as a memory, like you look up to those girls and then you eventually become yeah. someone that other little girls are looking up to. And I think that's another important aspect of growing the game is giving back to the game. And I have a lot of pride for playing in Corning and I always want to make sure, you know, what I'm doing with lacrosse gives back to that in some type of way. Yeah. And I think going back and still participating in any camps or clinics yeah. or anything also just draws on those really important memories and prideful memories too. Good one. <laughs> no, you both also played for the Salt City Snipers. That's a really cool name. Uh, yeah. what, was your, what was your club lacrosse experience like and how do you think it helped prepare you for college? Yeah, yeah I mean, we text Kate Noel um, and Drew White, who were the two club coordinators, yeah. but specifically our coaches all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, every time I'm like, thank you. Like they truly got yeah. us ready for Loyola and to play division one lacrosse. Yeah. And I know they really reiterated to us, like you are meant for this. You can't yeah. do this. This is what you were meant to do. And, you know, going from high school into that club team, we definitely at first weren't the best players. Yeah. And I think that was a little bit something new for us and it was a challenge at first but we fully embraced it and I think learning from them and learning from those high caliber teammates only made us better yeah. um I mean to have someone push you you know every week to be your best and whether it was feedback you wanted to hear um <laughs> or but it ultimately was feedback we yeah. needed to hear and um you know I just have so much respect and love for both of them because they got us where they are and they're constantly checking mm -hmm. in and it's just a family and our club teammates, fun fact, we had three sets of twins yeah. on that team, uh, which is crazy. But I mean, we had teammates going to Northwestern who just won a national yeah. championship, Michigan, um, Charlotte Ryan at Navy. We play her every year yeah. for in the Patriot League. So just to see that community, even you're playing against them all the time, I think is a testament to that club team and the high caliber lacrosse players they produce and yeah. develop and I think I mean that's also one of my favorite memories of starting with lacrosse was yeah. playing for them and they even came to our signing and so I mean they always said like we would have to drive two hours to practices so they were like the least we could do is drive two hours to you know watch you sign your um national letters of intent but like Logan said it's just such a family um experience and we talk to them still all the time so no, this is the part of the podcast where you guys have to say something nice about each other because one thing that's pretty unique about both of you is you guys have grown up with one another and got to play uh, Division One collegiate lacrosse with one another, which not many siblings can say that, which is probably really cool. So uh, just talk about sort of what your twin sister has meant to you and uh, how you guys have sort of helped each other out throughout your career. Um, I guess I'll start with uh, Logan for this one. Yeah, I mean, it's it has been a dream of ours to, you know, play college lacrosse. Um, and fun fact, like even leading into the recruiting process, we told each other that whether we end up at the same school or we don't, like we have to do what's best for each other. And I think it's just a testament to Loyola, the university in general, and um, the lacrosse program that we found a home individually. Yeah. Um, at Loyola, but I think sharing sharing this experience with Riley has truly made it um, what I know it was meant to be. And I think I, I've always said that Riley is my favorite teammate because she's the hardest person to go up against in practice. And I, I 
if there's one person I don't want to lose to, it's Riley, but it makes me <laughs> better in that way. Um, but she's also one of my favorite teammates to learn from. And I know that I, with any look I give her, she, it's, I'm going to get what I need, whether it's an encouragement or support, or if it's that little extra competitive push to make me go faster or quicker or harder in a drill and in a game, um, to have someone you're so comfortable with and, but also have someone that will make you uncomfortable to make you better and hold you accountable, I think is what, um, you know, I love most about playing with you. Um, I would say, you know, for Logan, she's just, you know, a constant source of um, support of making me a better person, not just a better player. Um, and, you know, going through, you know, an injury last year was really difficult, but, you know, having someone who supports you 24 seven was, you know, what got me through it. And, you know, I'm just so proud of her and the season she had individually and how she, you know, helped the defense, but helped the team and, you know, just watching the whole team made me so proud, but especially being able to watch your best friend and my sister really accomplish her goals. And it was really incredible. Um, like she said, we're both very competitive with one another. Um, so there's definitely been some fights, <laughs> but she makes me a better player, a better person. So you truly like, I couldn't have dreamt a better experience than having it with my sister. So I don't know how we can top this next que- that question. But I know you're gonna have to like send that to our parents or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna see it on Instagram. Start crying. They'll yeah. probably use that whenever you guys get in an argument next time. I know. Just yeah. so that clear, like, remember, but... <laughs> remember what you said. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about your recruiting process now. So obviously, both of you guys started to go to Loyola. So what was it like uh, going through the recruiting process, and what made the decision to go to Loyola the right one for you, Riley? I'll start off with you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's always a dream to go through the recruiting process because that's what you've always wanted. Um, but, you know, I think the main thing for me was, you know, being a twin your whole life, you're constantly, constantly compared to one another or you're grouped together, um, or seen as one, but I can tell you that, you know, Jen, Dana, Hager, they always made us feel like we were our own individual people and our own individual players. And that meant the absolute world to us. Um, and it truly made me feel like I was going through my own experience and they wanted me for me, not just because I'm a twin. Yeah. Um, so, you know, having that really made me feel like I could be a part of this family, could be part of this team. Um, but also just loyal as a university. Um, it sounds so cliche, but everyone says when you step on the campus, you know, but it's just so true, especially when it's such a special place like Loyola. But just having all, you know, I have some of the best relationships with my professors now. Um, so I truly feel like I knew I would be the best version of myself as a player here, as a student here, and as a person here. And I think that for anyone who's going through that process, that's kind of like, you know, what you want to look for. Yeah. And I think the thing that stood out, like Riley said, the coaches would literally hang up and like call me yeah. or like if they talked to Riley first they'd hang up and then like a second later call me but I think it was the act of them like treating it like two different players that they wanted rather than you know putting it on speaker and speaking us or speaking to us at the same yeah. time um you know made me feel like they wanted me for me not just because we're, we're twins and they ne- even they were very supportive of like you each have to go through this process yeah. yourself. And if one comes to the decision sooner than the other, like that's what's meant yeah. to be. And and with Aiden, I mean, obviously he was he recru- he was recruited first and committed <laughs> first and was going there first. And I know we were a little nervous to like bring up to him that we wanted to go on a visit there and talk with the coaches. 
Um, but when we did, he was like, this is your process. This is going to be the next 40 years of your life. You can't spend it worrying it about what I would think. Or if I was talking to him, he'd be like, you can't let it make you worry about what I would think and what would Riley think. Like, this is the next four years of your life. And even after, because you're, what I found is that I'm going to bring Loyola and what I've learned there at the university from my professors, from my peers, from my coaches, from my teammates way past, you know, the now five years, <laughs> five years I've spent there. So um, truly falling in love with the place was important to me. And I, I know it sounds cliche, but I loved Loyola the second, you know, I stepped yeah. on. And then I remember Ryan and I literally started crying when yeah. we were leaving. We're like, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> and as a freshman, like what was like, so the biggest adjustment you both had to make to college lacrosse? I think definitely the speed. Yeah. Um, I still remember our first college <laughs> practice like it was yesterday like our heads were getting whipped around yeah. <laughs> like it was it was just crazy and you know you expect it but in another sense like you do not expect it yeah. and you know I think back to that you know first practice the energy also I mean I still get chills like yeah. every time we step off for, or step on the field for the first practice and really every practice after that but I mean <laughs> there's nothing like stepping on the field for practice. Yeah. Like everyone, I mean, you've just gotten your gear. Everyone's so excited. Like whether you have a run test or not, or yeah. a lift test, like everyone's so excited to be back. And I mean, that also tends to make it a really fast yeah. practice because the <laughs> adrenaline's pumping. But um, I think that was, you know, definitely the biggest adjustment yeah. was the speed of play and needing to adapt to that very quickly. <laughs> I would say the same, I think having, you know, awesome upperclassmen teammates at the time really helped us, you know, get through that and adjust quickly. So that is something we try to bring, you know, now that we're grannies. (laughs) And unfortunately, your freshman year got cut short due to COVID. So how did you handle that challenge in adversity of not finishing that season, but also having the challenge of sort of finding a way to train for whenever you had games coming up, because that was sort of uncertain at that time. But I feel like looking back, it probably ended up working out because, I feel like if there's any year to have it, probably your freshman year is sort of yeah, it. So you have absolutely. like three more years left of eligibility yeah. or now four technically, but yeah, yeah. at the time. Absolutely. I, and I think okay. like taking that experience and now seeing it as a positive um, lacrosse wise, I think, you know, now we're getting another degree within a year um, that maybe you never know if we would have pursued this MBA if it weren't for getting an extra year. Um And I think Jen always reiterated um, not spending too much time asking what if Um, because it's wasting your energy on something that you can't control and that, you know, isn't certain. And I think spending sitting in that, I mean, we did sports psych sessions over Zoom when school ended as a lacrosse team together. And, you know, we stayed in contact and we did little at home workouts. And I think in growing through that experience together, we all learned you know, the power of addressing your feelings and especially with mental health and, um, you know, taking that traumatic um, experience and turning it into something really positive and beautiful and, you know, using it to learn more about yourself as a person first. And then as a lacrosse player, I think, you know, was the greatest lesson I learned coming out of that and not focusing on the what ifs because it's nothing that you can change now. Um, and using that energy and that time into something that you can control and something you can make happen, I think was another lesson, especially from Jen, 
um, that I'm grateful for that and that came because of COVID. Yeah. Now, Riley, talk about playing in the Patriot League and just the competition that you face each game. And what's it like winning the Patriot League championship? Because you guys have done that a few times before. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's the best feeling in the world to, you know, win your conference. But um, the cool thing about the Patriot League is it's just constantly getting better and um, more competitive. So that's just such a great atmosphere um, to be a part of. And it pushes us to be, you know, the best versions of ourselves. Um so yeah, it's great to be a part of this conference. And I know that um, we take it really seriously and we, you know, respect our competition. And that's always, you know, in the back of our minds when, you know, we play them and go for that championship. Now, during your guys' collegiate careers, you guys have kept improving and getting better. So what would you say is the biggest improvement that you've made to your game throughout your time with Loyola? Uh, Logan, I'll start with you. And then Riley, you can follow up. Yeah, I mean, I think learning from three of the best coaches in the game of lacrosse. Um, one is the biggest privilege because I've learned more about the game in the past five years than I ever had imagined. So I think my lacrosse IQ has definitely gotten better. And I mean, you always need improving, so it's still getting better. And I love, you know, sitting down with Dana. She loves to, you know, recap film. And I think that is one of the biggest things that I've come to appreciate more, especially watching practice film. And I think, um, being more adaptable and being adaptable quicker. Yeah. Um, so taking in that feedback you get from them and being able to implement it like within the next drill or within the next play. And I think um, that also just speaks to our coaches and how much they love, you know, fostering players and, or I guess implementing that trust so that when we do receive that feedback, we know that they're making us better and they want us to grow and make us better. So then in turn, you're like, I'm going to take that feedback because I want to get better yeah. and take what they what they give us and turn it into something really productive and efficient and yeah. awesome on the field. I think a big part to both of our games is definitely, you know, kind of the attitudes that we go about playing too. So like, for me, I just know that I'm just grateful for every opportunity. And that might've been something I struggled with before, but, you know, not, you know, trusting my gut, I've become a lot better at, um, which I could only really do if it weren't for my coaches and my teammates and, you know, all of the defensive leaders that we've had before, I've really, I've been able to learn from them. So, you know, just taking, you know, what I get from other people and implementing it, like Logan said, but also just, you know, having that trust in myself, um, it's been something that I'm fostering and is, been helping me and I think I'm being able to pass that on to you know younger players as well now you both are really good defensive players I think that's probably the strongest part of your game obviously being defenders but how do you guys both work on your defensive part of your game especially the one-on-ones because Logan watching you play last year that was sort of something that really caught my eye was how good you were at one-on-one -on -one defending especially in the tournament so uh, how do you sort of work on that uh, Riley I'll start off with you and then Logan you can follow up yeah um, I think you know, becoming great defenders really, you know, takes a lot of practice. Um, but just having, you know, we play against some of the best competition every day and that's in practice and we have some of the best offensive players in the game. So being able to play against them and get beat by them, um, you know, makes me and makes everyone on our team better defenders. So just having that opportunity to play against some of the best players um, in the game. Um, and I think too, like not being, not being afraid of making mistakes, um, and just, you know, asking people to go out and before practice to do extra reps um, is something that is really humble, but um, makes you better players at the end. 
Yeah, and I think um, I was just going to say the biggest thing that I think helped my game was those extra reps. And even since freshman year, I was texting everybody um, like who wants to do 1v1 reps. And I'm sure it was like, we just, or even if it was after practice, like we just, we just did it. it. <laughs> um, but I think even just for my confidence, I think that was really important. And, you know, to be the best defender I wanted to be and I could be, it takes that extra practice. And, you know, I, I feel like I can pride myself in saying I never shied away from that. Um, and, you know, absolutely what Riley said, playing against the best, some of the best defend or attackers in the country. I mean, going against Sydney Black every day, going against Livy every day at the crease, um, it pushed me harder than I could have ever imagined. And that's what made me prepared um, for tournament play and for Patriot League. And I think also something that I learned a lot from Katie Dett was watching practice film, but not watching only myself. And I think that's something, a trap maybe I fell into too much in the beginning of my career, but it's just as important to watch the play, not including you. So that, you know, when you're put in different situations on the D end or different positions, or say I do get caught um, up top, which I like up top defending a lot more now because <laughs> I started watching um, those girls around me and what they were doing to then learn from them made me a lot more confident. Um, and just to make myself uncomfortable, I know I do love playing defense at the crease, but putting myself in up top defensive drills and positions in practice, you know, made me better. Um, and I, I may have struggled at first, but I mean, that practice definitely made me um, more comfortable and more confident and helped me, you know, become my defensive version of myself now. <laughs> uh, so Logan, this is a question for you. So obviously just talk a little bit about your team and individual performance from last season. Uh, looking back on it, you guys won another Patriot League championship and made it far to the NCAA tournament before losing to the eventual national champion, Northwestern. Um, what are some of the positives you took away from last year and how do you hope uh, the team can build off of it for all the returning players that were part of the team last year? Yeah, I mean, making it to that Elite Eight for the second year in a row was, you know, a big goal for us and an accomplishment um, and an exciting one at that. And I think a lot of that was because of the hard work everyone put in, um, in practice, out of practice, and holding ourselves accountable to our standards every day, um, I think was a big reason why we made it as far as we did. Um, and I think even the girls coming in now, I think that goal and that vision of keeping our standards, maintaining those standards, evolving those standards throughout this season is something, you know, the whole team, not even just the returners, um, are learning and is in a great quality that everyone's, you know, adopting. And I think that will only bring us farther to that elite eight and hopefully pass that and to a Patriot League championship. So um, I think that was something individually I wanted to keep from last year was maintaining, you know, those standards, not only for myself, but for everyone around me and, you know, just having fun with it. I think this, I get so like prideful and emotional when talking about our team because we truly are each other's best friends and we're all obsessed with each other <laughs> and we love each other and we want everyone to succeed. Um, and we're always willing to help, you know, that teammate next to you go the extra mile to achieve, you know, what they want as well. And I think it is a testament to, 
you know, what turns into me asking, hey, do you want to do 1v1s turns into like five other people joining. And then it turns into like the whole team's practicing before practice, Um, which I think is a testament to our culture and that, you know, we love the game. We love each other and we just want what's best for each other at the end of the day. What's it like going up against Izzy Skeen as a defender? Um, I mean, she obviously is so talented and, um, you know, watching her achieve what she's achieved has been awesome, especially for the game um, and growing the game since, you know, playing in the Midwest isn't as prominent on the East as it is on the East Coast. So I think growing the game um, has been one of her greatest attributes to um, the game of lacrosse. But I mean, I, I, that wasn't my game plan. I wasn't necessarily on her as, you know, a matchup, but I mean, I think obviously it was um, a pretty tough game, but I think we definitely stuck to our game plan and persevered and did what we do best, which is always supporting each other, um, supporting the defender next to you. But yeah, I mean, she's done a lot for the game of lacrosse and just as someone who loves lacrosse, it's awesome to see that. And um, it's awesome to see, you know, everyone in the lacrosse community rally behind what she's done for the game. And you both have gone against Charlotte North as well. So I feel like you guys have gone up against arguably the two best like women's lacrosse players in the last five years. Yeah. Um, I mean, same to Charlotte North. I think you dream of when you're playing first start playing, especially for us um, playing at that, you know, high competition, the big stage and, you know, whether it's the result you want at the end or not, I think it's a testament to your and our hard work um, as individuals and as a team to get to that, get to that spot where you are playing the best of the best. And, you know, Charlotte North's done a lot for the game as well. So just even going up against um, her, it's a sign of respect too. Like, you know, you're going up against the best and you still, whether it's the result you want at the end of the day, you still respect them for what they've done for the game. So Riley, this one's questions for you. So you were out injured last season. How did you handle that adversity of being out? But what was your role on the team last season being on the sideline? And do you think you learned anything from that role and challenge that you faced that you think is going to help you offer this upcoming season? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I had some good days and I had some bad days. Um, But I had, you know, coaching staff and teammates that really supported me and helped me get through it. Um, And I ended up you know, becoming a better version of myself as a teammate kind of later on in the season. And I was, you know, doing a really great job of supporting everyone, cheering everyone on, um, trying to be a mentor to any other defenders, um, like an extra set of eyes, I guess you could say. Um, So I really just, you know, it was hard at first, but I leaned into the new role that I had of just being a supporter for everyone, even for the coaches. you know, I would never wish anything like this on anyone, but it's truly made me such a different person. Um, I have just such a, you know, more positive outlook on, you know, any opportunity I get now. And just even when it's a tough practice or you have to run 300s, I didn't get to do that last year. So, you know, just going into the mindset of I'm just so grateful for every opportunity and, you know, Mike or PT and the doctors and everyone that's helped me get to this point and get through the injury is I can't ever like thank them enough, but, you know, just having that support system in my family, friends, teammates, coaches, um, truly made me realize how lucky I am and, um, how much I really love this place and this team and how grateful I am for every moment. 
how what was the like hardest part about the recovery process if you don't mind me asking yeah um i think a, a hard part for me was um you know embracing like the little wins they would say um so i wasn't able to walk for 2 months i think um and then you like my mindset was like okay i can finally walk again but then it like hurt to walk and then i got over that but then i couldn't start running so um you know just being excited for every little win I got was really hard in the beginning um, or comparing yourself to other injured athletes um, was really hard. But like I said, I've just learned to appreciate every opportunity, every little win. Now I just take, you know, it means so much to me. So yeah, definitely the, the little wins and kind of the setbacks that sometimes you feel like you moved one step forward, but took two steps back um, kind of getting over that hump is really difficult, but I'm here now. So <laughs> So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-lacrosse segment. We're asking you guys some non-lacrosse questions, hopefully get to know you guys both off the field as well as some of your teammates as well. So I think this yeah. is going to be a lot of fun and I'll give you my responses as well. So it'll be a fun okay, little awesome. thing. <laughs> so first one is, if there was a movie made about your life, who would you want to play yourself? Well, as an avid gossip girl, obviously I'd want Blake Lively. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that would probably be my answer too. And Margot Robbie, because they're both just stunning. Yeah. But for twins, I feel like the Olsen sisters yeah. would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, those are probably our answers. That'd be a good movie, Blake Lively and Margot Robbie being twin lacrosse players playing. Yeah, yourself. right. I'll, I'll go see that. I'll go see that. I'll, I'll, see. <laughs> I'll see it. My answer is sort of similar to yours, Logan. Uh I'm I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. I think he's a really yeah, funny and nice. nice guy and I think he's a good actor as well. And obviously we don't look much alike, but I think it'd be fun to have him play me in a movie and I can sort of brag to people about that for a long yeah, time. Right. They can make a movie about this, this podcast. podcast. <laughs> That'll be funny. That'll be funny. So next one is what's the most underrated holiday and what's the most overrated holiday? Um, Underrated? I don't know. I... I'm such a foodie, so I like love Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, that's underrated. It sort of gets yeah, overshadowed. Okay, okay. I was like, is yeah. it? Um, no, I think that's the most underrated. Um, I love the food that goes around it, but also the sentiment. Um, overrated? Maybe Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Um. Hmm. I don't know. I was gonna say Thanksgiving for underrated. Um, you could say the same answer if you really think so. It really shows our twin side. Uh, <laughs> no, over. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't realize. I think it's just because I've been in school for so long. Labor Day weekend, like people love like going to the <laughs> beach for so long, and that because now our brother's an investment banker, and he was like. I have four days and I was like it's Labor Day weekend I'm like is it really that fun yeah but maybe I'll feel so maybe that's to me yeah. right now, this stage of my life overrated but maybe when I'm working I'm yeah. gonna be like this is the best holiday yeah. <laughs> I'd say underrated for me probably Thanksgiving as well but just go with a different answer probably fourth of July I feel like that's always a fun time and then overrated is definitely New Year's Eve. And that's not even a debate for me just because you're waiting for a clock to turn. Yeah, you're and so I've right. Had, and, I've tur- and I've had better hangouts with the boys on Saturdays that yeah. had been 10 I times better than New Year's Eve. So I, I wish I could yeah, that. That's a great answer. But Valentine's Day is a good answer, though. Thank like, you. <laughs> you. 
you could i feel like it's just more like from an observation standpoint people put right. so much effort into one day right. when they don't put as much effort into under Good point. Yeah. Right. so um now next one is i can't answer this one but what's your most embarrassing lacrosse moment um hmm i don't know there's probably so many that i probably should say that I just can't remember right now, but I would say everyone on my team on our team makes fun of me. Um, after one of our Navy games in the pouring rain, I like didn't braid my hair, like put it in a bun. It was pouring rain. So then it was just like a rat's nest by the end of the day. They put it on the Instagram story (laughs) and I, um, spent like three hours trying to get everybody on my hair. Um, yeah, I think that's like, I, there's probably so many, like me tripping or something, but that one just being sent on the Instagram story. Yeah. Um, we do like an alumni scrimmage or like an alumni game um, in the fall. And then also like in preseason, and I can't remember which one it was, but I tripped over the net, the back of the net when I was going behind. So bad. <laughs> like I scorpioned, <laughs> like I was like falling up the net. And I just remember <laughs> as I was like getting up, just looking at the coaches and everyone on the sideline. I've never seen people laugh harder. They're like, I literally thought you were falling up the net. And I was like literally stuck on my ground. And it was like, and it was someone who came back who was a fifth year when we were freshmen. And she's like, I am so out of the game. Like the fact that like that just happened when you were playing against me. And I was like, I was like, true. I'm yeah. like, I've never felt that embarrassed. I've never felt that hard especially over the back mention, but I think that I We've still have dreams about it. Hey, at least it wasn't during an actual game where I was and like recorded and then I'm people gonna, could I'm use that. that. Exactly. I'm like, I mean, it is recorded because they record practices and I think I was sent that footage and it was in the team. But at least it's between like your team, not exactly. with like everyone else, because the oh, one absolutely. thing I feel bad I'm, about I'm, defenders I'm is glad it's like not going viral on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, the one thing I feel bad about defenders is sometimes you guys get your ankles broken and it's like all over social media or there's like a picture about it. And like, I feel like that would be my biggest fear if I was a defender, if that happening. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm I definitely have got my ankles broke more than that. I mean, probably in a game, but I haven't been sent it on Instagram. Yeah, so (laughs) I haven't seen anything with you guys yet. So you guys are doing well so far. So hopefully nothing for one more uh, season as well. No, please. Now, what did you guys fight about the most growing up? Um, Probably about, like, what we were wearing. Yeah, like, if we were wearing something remotely the same, it had to be changed. Like, it didn't (laughs) matter. Like, and sometimes it was completely different colors. It was along too much of the same line. We'd be like, you need to change. Whoever was dressed first, they're like, you need to change. Yeah. Who took, like, my top versus their top? Like, we had two of the same, so it didn't even matter. But we're like, that one's mine. (laughs) But yeah, definitely does. Well, I, at least from the twins that I've met, it feels like it's mostly like whoever's the oldest. It's like, oh, that's like the fight that happens. Like, who's the oldest of from you guys? So I am by three minutes. She she was and... waiting for the question. <laughs> yeah. And I used to say when people would ask, I'd say 180 seconds in like elementary school when you learn like how to convert time. Because <laughs> I thought it sounds so much longer. I was like, I'm 180 seconds older than her. And now I just feel like that was so like pick me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I that's, feel like that's more of a boy thing, boy twin thing than a girl twin thing. Is like, well, I'm older than you, so I get to do it. 
least yeah. from what I've I've experienced. I'm I don't taller know about though. I'm taller though. I never pulled the I'm older. The only yeah. time I did was um when we were getting our permits mm-hmm. and they could only schedule one of us on our actual birthday. And yeah. I, or no, no, I did a week before. Something, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And I'm like, I'm going first. I'm older. Yeah. She did do that. <laughs> That's like uh, the only time. All right, all right. Now, who has the best style off the field from the loyal women's lacrosse team? Oh, well, I'm not saying either of us. No, we don't. <laughs> we're like the most basic. Um, I would, we have a lot of good yeah. stuff. We have, I would say, Reagan, Alana, Sydney Black. Sydney Black. They're just such cool girl yeah, vibes. The best outfits. I'm just best like, shoes. Yeah, I'm like shoes. every time they walk in, I'm like, like that is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's- Sarah Angles stepped Sarah up Angle, her game. That's her mission. And yeah. I'm so she looked all of her outfits yeah. so far have been so great. Um I feel like yeah. we we'll just keep thinking of people. Yeah. But yeah, I'll stick with those answers. Yeah. Well, since both of you are on the podcast, I would say Riley and Logan Olmstead have the best style on the loyal women's lacrosse team. That's Maybe. gonna be the highlight of real. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the only time anyone's ever said that. I, I think I don't know. I like the sweatshirt and Under Armour's a cool brand. So <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the sweatshirt from last year. This yeah. is the long sleeve from two years. I don't know. Sometime, but yeah. So I would say because you probably can't find that stuff in the bookstore. True. So you can't. <laughs> we wear customized stuff. <laughs> Maybe in Georgia, because I feel like people from Australia like look cool. So maybe she maybe does that. have good yeah, stuff. She yeah. has good, good outfits. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll yeah, we'll her in. <laughs> now, what's the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Yeah, so we're glad you asked this question, and you might have heard people in the background. Our house right now, which um, obviously our teammates and some of our soccer friends, we're so into the U.S. Open right now. Like none of us were tennis girls before like two weeks ago. It was a storm on Twitter last night, but I wasn't watching it though. Yeah. Yeah. With the protests, but we, you probably heard them screaming because there's a match right now, but we are going crazy last night watching it, like jumping up, screaming. It was, I've never cheered for someone so hard in my life. Like I did for Coco last night. Yeah. I was like, we have a little beanbag. I was jumping out of the beanbag. I was slamming the beanbag. It's the, it was the night before our 300s. Just like, we oh, got to go to bed early, whatever. <laughs> we're like so amped up after that I'm game. Like, we're all just sitting there like, we can't go to bed. Like, we're I so was, ready. I was oh. I was ready to run the 300. Right then. I'm watching you. I'm like, go, let's go. Like, I was so hyped. That's like our newest obsession yeah. right now. I, I was watching football last night, so I can't mm-hmm. say I watched any of the U.S. Open. Okay. <laughs> and then, obviously, it's going to be football this weekend, so I probably won't watch any of the final. That's the one thing, because I did watch the Wimbledon one yeah. this summer. That was a lot of fun. It's I feel so like fun. once other sports, though, again, it's like I, I want to rather watch that than tennis. Um, but I would love to play tennis. It looks like a fun sport. I yeah. won't lie. Maybe I got to start off with pickleball first, because that's what everyone's uh, that's starting like off the, with. That's the biggest thing. That's the up and coming. Yeah. yeah. I would say for me, the most interesting thing that I saw this week was probably just like, so I'm a huge Patriots fan and Tom Brady's going to get honored on Sunday. So it was just sort of reminiscing on my childhood that yeah. uh, some of all the Tom Brady highlights since the first time in 23 years that no NFL team has Tom Brady on their opening day roster. So literally throughout my entire life, he's oh been gosh. in the NFL, which is pretty yeah. crazy to think about. Huh. That is cool. So let's get back to some lacrosse questions now and then end off this interview. So what, in your opinion, should be done to help grow women's lacrosse? Yeah, I think, like we said earlier, you know, what you're doing is great and just highlighting, you know, all different types of players from different types of teams. 
um, that's great. And just really, you know, bringing the excitement about female athletes is important. Um, so yeah, I think that's awesome what you're doing and, you know, just getting, you know, more women's lacrosse games broadcasted, um, would be awesome and super important. Um, yeah, so I think that's credit to you. Thanks for having us on here and doing this with so many different athletes. It's been awesome. Um, yeah, that would be what I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I would echo that. And I think as college lacrosse players, giving back to, you know, not only the communities which we grew up in, but also communities that maybe lacrosse isn't as accessible, um, I think is a huge thing. And whether it's reaching out to, you know, different organizations like Harlem Lacrosse, which we um, had an opportunity to meet some of the girls and have them out of practice and play some lacrosse with them, I think making the game more accessible to youth and especially youth in communities where, you know, it may not be popular or it may not be as accessible, I think is a huge part in growing the game too. Yeah. Now, one more question is, do you guys have any shout outs you want to give uh, to any of your family members, teammates, or friends? And who should we have on the podcast next? I feel like we shout out most of your family, but if there's someone I might have yeah. forgot, uh, feel free to let me know. Uh, well, like you said, just our family, our parents, yeah. um, you know, are a rock and they yeah. support us in everything we do. And our brother has been such an incredible role model. Um and just all of our teammates and all of our past teammates, they truly, I know we keep saying it, but they're our best friends. Yeah. And like, those are the people you're going to bring with you for the rest of your life. So them and our coaches um, and our soccer friends who we live with now, like just everyone at Loyola has been incredible. And I've just, you know, met my best friends and the people yeah. that are going to be with me for the rest of my life. So, you know, I echo that a hundred percent. And for shout outs. Or who we want next. Yeah. Um, um, anyone on our team would be fun, but you're always, you're always going to have a good, yeah, you're going to have a good time with anyone. <laughs> I would say, yeah. Um, any, any of us, maybe I feel like Reagan would be fun to have on. Yeah. Um, Georgia, I think Georgia would love really it. fun. Yeah. Especially coming from Australia. Yeah. Um, we have a good friend at Duke, Riley Hogan, yeah. who I grew up with playing, um, she's transferred there from Georgetown for her fifth year. Yeah. So she's been awesome. To shout out to Riley. Yep. Too. Shout out to Riley. She could be a fun person to have on the podcast. Uh, yeah, but anyone on yeah. our team would be awesome. You're going to have a great time <laughs> with any, any of us. But we'll be your favorites. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. It'll be a long delay down to number two, in my opinion. So <laughs> that's what we like to hear. Uh, but I just want to say thank you both for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It means a lot to myself. I think you guys are great players and even better people. So I just want to let you know that. And uh, so excited to see you guys play next season and uh, best of luck uh, with the rest of the fall. And obviously when the season starts up in February, it's going to be a lot of fun to to watch. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for having us and for all you're doing for our sport too. Yeah. Thank you. It's been thank so you. fun.